1: How God made the world, although scripture gives us a pretty darn good idea, but it's truth. We know it's truth. We know that God speaks through the Bible, it's truth. It Ain't boggle your mind. We don't know how or why or what caused Jesus to go to that cross. We really don't know the workings of it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's true It is the truth. God's truth will always be God's truth it will last forever, it will never die, it will never fade away, it will always be true.
0: The truth is what sets you free. In today's message from Pastor Dave, he teaches you that God's Word is always true. The truth found in God's Word will never die or change. What God has said remains true no matter what. God speaks through the Bible and He will always lead you into truth. Soak up the truth found in God's Word. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John, chapter 8, as he continues his message, I Am.
1: Their truth was more important than God's truth. Their traditions were more important than God's commandments. Their traditions were more important, and they want people to know the truth that came from them. They want to hear people the truth that came from them. They want people to think that they, they alone had the truth. They wanted to think they wanted people to think that only they had the truth and nobody else could obtain the truth. Why? So that people would come and go, "Oh, they must be really holy because they have the truth." But once again, they couldn't handle the truth. They told people that without the truth in them, they wouldn't know the truth. And not knowing and keeping the truth gave these guys power, power to glorify themselves and have men glorify them. Jesus looked at them and warned them, "You're going to die in your sins." You're going to die in your sins because you didn't believe that I am sent from God. And now, even now, after they have insulted him, after they insulted his mother, after they questioned his heritage, called him a half-breed, he still invites them to eternal life. you got to love it. He still invites them to eternal life. I wish we could witness that way. He still invites them to eternal life. Look what he says in verse 50 and 51. Most assuredly... Excuse me, I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Once again, Jesus is showing them the way to eternal life. Keeping his word. Keeping God's word is the way to eternal life. What does God want us to do? Believe. Have faith. It really is interesting. Jesus was clearly telling them the truth. He wasn't about his own glory. He sought no glory for himself. He wanted to glorify God. If you're in contact with a person who only seeks their own glory, you got to question this. But someone who glorifies God, that's what's important. When God is lifted up, when God is exalted, not a man. It's interesting that in the New King James, it says, most assuredly. In the original King James, it would be verily, verily. But when you translate it all, it means truly, truly which means number one truly you got to pay attention to. But when you hear two trulies, you really have to pay attention to it. Jesus is telling them the truth, truth upon truth. This is the truth. Keep my word, and you'll never die. Once again, Jesus is speaking spiritually. He's speaking spiritually to these guys who don't have spiritual ears. They don't have spiritual eyes. Jesus told Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You cannot see spiritual things. Did you ever talk to somebody? Maybe even you've been, you've been witnessing to somebody and you're speaking of the gospel and they look at you like you have six heads as the words go right over their head. Wow. That's what these guys are doing. These guys are looking at them like, what? You can't be serious. This is an interesting statement. These religious leaders, these religious leaders couldn't figure out Jesus' ethnicity. They couldn't figure out his ethnicity and then he hits them with the truth about never seeing death. In this one statement... Jesus told these religious leaders, and he's telling us today, that there is truth. There is truth. We have to listen to that. There is truth about who Jesus is. There's truth about, the truth about where he came from. And there's truth about what he can do and what he did. And there's truth about where he is now. And knowing him, you won't see death. We are faced with the exact same decision today that these religious leaders were faced with back then. Either what Jesus is saying is true, and if it's not, then it's a lie. Either Jesus is speaking truth or he is speaking a lie. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. Let's look at 52 and 53. They're responding now. Are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? I love it. 52, the Jews said, I'm sorry, I I missed my mistake. Let's go to 52 first. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead? And the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? These religious leaders' heads are spinning now. And they're really not sure what's going on. They can't understand or figure out what Jesus is talking about. So they said he's demon-possessed. Once again... Somebody says something you don't believe, somebody says something that you don't like, put them down, say something, call them a name, make it a slur, that'll make you tough, right? They can't understand this. They didn't understand what true death was. See, everyone, if Jesus tarries, everyone will face a physical death. Everyone will. But Jesus was telling that even though you face this physical death, at that very instant, you will be with me. Those who believe in me, those who have accepted my sacrifice, you will believe in me, and you will spend forever in the presence of God. You will spend forever in the presence of God. But here's the kicker. If you die physically without knowing him, you will be considered spiritually dead, and you will be separated from God forever. That's a heck of a choice, but you have to choose. It's your choice. The Bible teaches there is a second death in Revelation 20, verses 14 and 15. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, he is thrown into the lake of fire. How do you get your name written in the book of life? Except Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Become born again. Become born again. Jesus already considered these religious leaders dead. They were walking in their sins. They were walking in their trespasses. That's why he told them, you're going to die in your trespasses. But remember that beautiful scripture that Paul writes in Ephesians 2 when he says, you he made alive who were dead in their trespasses. And he gives that whole list. And he says, but God, God was the one that gave you eternal life. God gave you eternal life through Jesus Christ. We have eternal life only through Jesus Christ and only by faith in him. There is no life outside of Jesus Christ. He is the absolute truth. He is the absolute way to heaven, only way to heaven. Please, do not believe the lie. Don't get caught up in this other things. All roads don't lead to heaven. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. So these guys are like, what? Abraham's dead. Our prophets are dead. What do you think you are? Look at 54 and 5. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Let me set the record straight, Jesus is saying. Who has God and who doesn't have God? Those who believe in Jesus Christ have God. Those that don't believe in Jesus Christ have not. Simple. Simple. They claim to know God, but Jesus said, no, you're lying. You don't know God. You've never shown me you know God at all. You don't know God. Jesus says that their belief doesn't change the truth. Just because they say they believe in such a way doesn't change the truth. Doesn't change the truth. Right is right, and wrong ain't. Doesn't change the truth. These people thought God was their father, but he wasn't. You know, we have this problem today. We have this problem today. And I don't like to pick on religions, but we have this problem today. How many of you heard somebody say, well, we all worship God in different ways? Really? What God do you worship? I'm here to tell you, and I'm not ashamed to tell you, that you can rub Buddha's belly all day long and it's going to change anything in your life because Buddha is not God. You can believe in all the writings of Confucius and you can get confused reading Confucius, but he is not God. And you can live your life perfectly according to the Muslim law. You can do everything that the Quran says and this God that they claim to be God, Allah, still might not accept you into heaven. That's what it says in the Quran. Why? because he is not God either. There is only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Simple, simple, God's Word. Jesus clearly says in chapter 14, we're in chapter eight, that's six chapters away, sometime in 2025, when we get to chapter 14, Jesus will clearly say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. It's clear, it's clear. But society, those outside, don't want to hear that. It's nonsense. You guys are lunatics. You're crazy. You Jesus freaks. Thank you. I am. This is a hard message for some people. I feel bad for them. This is a hard message. But listen, let me clarify some things. I don't stand up here arrogantly claiming this. There's nothing arrogant about it. In fact, I claim it humbly. I claim it because... I'm nothing but a sinner saved by God's grace. I'm nothing but saved by God's grace. And if he can save me, he can save you. I won't say it arrogantly, but I say it with compassion and love, knowing that God is a merciful God. God is a loving God. And God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for the entire world. Not just me. I don't have something that's so esoteric that I can't give you. I want you to have this. I want to give it away. I want you to have it. But I will not compromise the truth. I won't compromise the truth, and you shouldn't either. We cannot and we will not compromise the word of God. Jesus says, anyone who keeps his word will not see death. His word says, believe upon Jesus Christ. Now, there are a lot of lies out there coming at us every single day. What we believe needs to be the truth. The next time somebody tells you that there is no absolute truth, tell them what one of the students told the professor back at the beginning of my message when he said that there are no absolute truths. The students stood up and said, you say there are no absolute truths, but we are supposed to accept your statement as true. What we believe must be true, or we're following a lie. It must be true, but we have God's Word on it, and God's Word clearly says God cannot lie. Look at 56. Jesus says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Your father Abraham, you love Abraham? Well, he rejoiced to see my day. What? They say, you're not even 50 years old. What's wrong with you? Saying rejoice, Abraham saw your day. What do you mean? Now, what did he mean? What did he mean, Abraham rejoiced when he saw my day? Well, I, I, I told that there's, there's several possibilities, and one of them might be, Possibility might be that when Abraham met Melchizedek, the priest who came out to greet him after the victory over the five kings, Abraham worshipped him. He was called the God of peace. He was called the God of King of Salem. He was, had all those names. And Abraham worshipped him and, and gave him a tenth of all his spoils. And he and Abraham had bread and wine together. They had communion together, which is what we're going to do in a couple minutes. They had communion together. So could this be a type of Christ? Absolutely. Could it be a theophany, a presence of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Go back and look at the, he couldn't be a Levitical priest. Why? Priesthood hadn't been established yet. Priesthood hadn't been established when Abraham saw Melchizedek. In fact, that was the first time priest was ever used in the Bible. There was no priesthood. And we don't even know Melchizedek's ethnicity because there were no generations. You can't define any genealogies that contain Melchizedek. But it clearly says he was a priest. Now, the book of Hebrews, the writer said, Christ, in the order of Melchizedek, was our priest. Interesting stuff. It's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. Very interesting. There's another possibility. There's another possibility. Abraham was out on the plane one day, according to the Genesis record, and he was, and three guys showed up. Three guys showed up, and he entertained them. He welcomed them in and had Sarah cook a bunch of stuff up, and they communed and had fellowship together. The three of them were talking, and they said, Should we not include Abraham in on our plan since he was our friend? Two of them went towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and one stayed behind. And when Abraham was talking to this one that stayed behind, according to the Genesis record, he called him Lord. Translate it, Jehovah. He called him Lord, Jehovah. This could have been a theophany. This could have been Jesus Christ in presence right there. Remember the great scene, the first barter in the the Bible? If there were 50 righteous, will you spare them? Sure. How about 40? Sure. How about 30? What a great barter scene that was. This surely could be. So he's saying that before Abraham, I was... He was using the term Jehovah. He was using this beautiful thing, this beautiful sentence. I have saw Abraham. What do you mean? They're flipped. They think this guy's off his rocker. They think they're off the rocker. You're not 50 years old and you've seen him? What's wrong with you? But Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about. Jesus knew exactly who he was, He knew exactly where he came from. He knew exactly who was in charge of the whole thing, and it wasn't worried. And then he comes and he makes this hugely profound statement to them, a huge profound statement. In, in the Gospel of John, there are many profound statements that Jesus himself had made. I already talked about uh, John fourteen six on the way, the truth, and the life. That's a profound statement. It's what we base our Christianity on. And here's something else. Look at verse 58. Jesus said to them, "Most assuredly, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am." I wonder now when he said that, that was there a big earthquake? Did things shake all over the place? Did he say it with the voice of the guy who did the the, the, um, the burning bush in Ten Commandments? Moses, Moses, did everything shake. Moses. I love that voice. Don't you like that voice? Did That way Jesus said it, I am that I am. Whoa! Something had to happen when he said that. Something had to happen. Because remember, in the garden, Jesus is there, and they all come rushing in with clubs and knives and forks and spoons and all kinds of things to take Jesus. And they said, are you Jesus of Nazareth? He said, I am. And they all fell backwards. What happened here? I can only imagine. Surely a cloud had to come over and go, well, I don't know. Come on. Oh, I love that voice. Come on. you got to love that voice. Moses. I love that voice, man. I'm going to watch that tonight. I have to watch. That's great. i got to hear that voice. Imagine the sermon that guy would preach. And the Lord. I like that, man. I like that. I like that. Anyhow, with this one dramatic phrase, this one phrase, this one statement, Jesus told them that he was the eternal God. He is the eternal God. Now, next time you're having an argument in, over Scripture and somebody comes to you and goes, well, just point me out in the Bible where it says Jesus is God. Well, let's see. How about John 8? There's another one we'll come to back in John 21, or John 20, I think it is, when he talks to Thomas. Jesus is explaining to them he not only existed, during the time of Abraham. But when he said, I am, he existed before time. It says, before the foundations of the world. I love that, before the foundations of the world. And you know what's really cool? Is this, this, this statement, I am, which signifies the great, great God, this great, wonderful God, the creator of the universe, this voice that came from the burning bush, in the Greek, it's ego emi, e g o ego emi, ego emi. And if you read the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is called the Septuagint, this is what they said the voice said from the burning bush Ego emi, ego emi, I am that I am, using this word, using this word. It was revealed to him. This is the third time in this chapter that Jesus has used the I am, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world, and we'll see more. We'll see more. And using this phrase, Jesus then takes the title of Jehovah. He takes the title of Yahweh and puts it on himself. This is who I am. I am that I am. Wow. This did not fall on deaf ears. Do you ever notice when you're having an argument with somebody and you say the one thing that doesn't fall on the deaf ears, the one thing that they get, the one thing where they want to go, well, yeah. one thing that they want to come at you for, this is, was it. This was it. All of John 8, they have been going at it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And Jesus says this one thing, and what do they do? Verse 30, 40, uh, 59 Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple and going through the midst of them, so he passed by. They knew what he meant. They knew exactly what he was saying. Finally, they understood what he was saying. Finally, it all became clear. But it made him so mad that they were accusing him of blasphemy, so they were picking up stones to throw at him. The Scripture shows us extremely clear that this is still the truth. These religious leaders couldn't understand that, the truth that Jesus was giving them, but it didn't change the fact that it was the truth. We may not understand several things, folks, And it's okay if we don't, because I've often said from this podium that it doesn't matter if you understand, it matters if you believe. God never asks us to understand, he asks us to believe. We may not know exactly how God made the world, although scripture gives us a pretty darn good idea, but it's truth. We know it's truth. We know that God speaks through the Bible. It's truth. may boggle your mind. We don't know how or why or what caused Jesus to go to that cross. We really don't know the workings of it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's true. It is the truth. God's truth will always be God's truth. It will last forever. It will never die. It will never fade away. It will always be true. And as Beretta used to say, you can take that to the bank. Always going to be true. So what are we left with? Let's end this up so we can go to communion. What are we left with? Well, we're left with the three things that C.S. Lewis said Jesus is. He's either a lunatic, he's either a liar, or he's Lord. We're left with that decision. I'm sorry, folks. That's where we are. He's either a liar going around telling people he's the son of God when he really was not, and we know different that he was. He's either a lunatic because he's out of his gourd to tell these guys that he's God, knowing what the end result would be because the punishment for blasphemy would be death. He was baiting these guys. This one argument they had would go on for six more months and it would lead right to the cross. It would lead to the cross. But Jesus did all these miracles. He did all these wonderful things. His words were true. His words were speak and we have to decide who he is. Is he our savior? Is he the one that died on the cross for our sins? Is he the one that we can put our hope in, our trust in? Is he the one that heals our ills, takes our sick? Is he the one who cares for us when we can't care for ourselves? Is he the one that carries us when we can't carry ourselves? Either Jesus is who he says he is, or he's not. There's no middle ground. But you must decide. I must decide. We must look at that. We must look at that. If he's who he says he is which we believe Jesus is God, we believe him to be the son of the living God, we believe him to be the Messiah, we believe him to be the one who God sent, we believe him to be the savior of the world, then what's left? I'll tell you what's left. Falling at his feet and worshiping him. Falling at his feet. Falling at the foot of the cross and saying, Lord, I'm not worthy. Being a Peter and saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. We have to make that decision ourselves. I can't make that for you. You can't make that for each other. I can't make that for my kids. I can't make that. I couldn't make that for my parents. It's an individual thing. Everyone has to make that choice themselves.
0: The Gospel of John was written from a perspective that provides an eyewitness account of what happened during the life of Jesus here on earth. Different than the other three Gospels, John's book describes Jesus in ways that confirm him as the Son of God. There are things done and said that can only point to Jesus being far more powerful than what a human could do. In the Old Testament, God referred to himself as, I am. In this book, John recounts how Jesus said, I am the light of the world, I am the way, the truth and the life, and I am the resurrection and the life. These were bold statements, but Jesus proved throughout his ministry that they were indeed true. He lived a life that compelled people to follow at that time, to seek Him out, and to commit their lives. And we can also follow Him today. If you missed any part of today's teaching, or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps you were listening. You realized that you have some questions about faith, and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609 609- Eight eight four five eight two one. 5821 You can also click on the Jesus tab at assurehoperadio.com This will provide you with a succinct picture of who Jesus is and how he can change your life. Thank you again for taking the time to learn about God's word today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope.